from Thinner by Richard Bachman, a.k.a. Stephen King. Some guys, a lot of guys, don't believe what they are seeing, especially if it gets in the way of what they eat or drink or think or believe. Me, I don't believe in God, but if I saw him, I would. I wouldn't just go around saying, Jesus, that was a great special effect. The definition of an asshole is a guy who doesn't believe what he's seeing. And you can quote me. This is Gothic. The Gothic Podcast is a horror and humor actual play audio drama. As such, it contains material, including our jokes, that may not be suitable for all audiences. Listener discretion is advised. It's Wednesday. It's time to roll, roll, roll. (laughs) Hey, everybody. How are you, my fine prey? I mean, players. (laughs) <laughs> this evening, as we return to the alien verse, the alien RPG, doing just fine, not feeling hunted or uh, you know uh, predated upon at all. No, no, I, I don't feel preyed upon, and at, at the least, this is just a it's a normal normal Wednesday evening. Yeah, nothing crazy or wild is going to happen. Mm-hmm. I'm feeling good about it. Excellent. Kind of enjoying the sensation of the hair standing up on the back of my neck. You know, I don't usually get a massage back there, so it's kind of like. Nice little, uh, nice little tickle. Good, good. Well, <laughs> Sojourners, you'll notice there's a voice missing from our stalwart cast. Young Jesse is in a dress rehearsal for his musical coming up this weekend, which will already be in the past by the time this episode comes out. But, alas, he is not with us. However, we are hoping to record separately, so you may hear his voice later on. We'll see how that goes. Meanwhile. Let's go ahead and jump right on in, shall we? Uh. Let's go to the planet Trikai. There, on that snowy surface, the wreckage of the shuttle crash-landed behind you, the ramp lowered, the airlock closed for the moment, and on board the shuttle, Ensign Crisp has just informed you, the this expeditionary force, this away team, who have gone out into the cold and the snow here at the heart of the planet to attempt to find a power source for the ship or to find whatever discoveries you can, as Dr. Wick keeps reminding you. The rescue mission will be here soon. We must find what we can before that happens. Who knows if we'll be able to get back down here, he has said over and over. And you have indeed found a door, a hatch, that Ray and Dr. Laura managed to get open. Uh, The hatch itself became an elevator of sorts, going down into darkness. No one chose to ride it down into the dark. But now that gaping hole yawns wide, even as Ensign Crisp, back on the shuttle, says, "It's, It's not a ship. It's... It's the planet. The structure is the, is the planet. It's all artificial. 
Whoa, Chris, buddy. Yo, I don't think that sensor is that strong. Dr. Laura begins to say something, but at that moment, something grabs her leg. Something like a prehensile tail, almost. And she is yanked downward into the darkness. No, I want to grab her. You can't. Jesse's not here. <laughs> oh, I see. <laughs> Dr. Laura is yanked into the darkness with a scream and a boom from her pistol as it goes off, illuminating something with, it seems, too many limbs, too much reflective carapace, too many claws and teeth, but that's illuminated only for a moment. In the same moment, you see that Dr. Laura is pulled down into a, a tunnel, a passageway, running beneath your feet. And it wasn't too many moments before that Ensign Feather, using the motion detector, had told you that indeed there were seven presences moving about nearby, not just the five of you that are here on the surface. But before you can even react, Dr. Laura is gone. What do you do? I do that thing where I dive to the ground and I'm at the edge of the of the hole reaching down like I can grab her and I'm like, no! Dr. Laura! 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 Like, what? What the hell was that? Was that like another thing from the shuttle? Did you see it? Did you see oh, it? Oh, maybe. Yeah, it was fast as hell like the thing from the shuttle. The thing from the shuttle, though, was perhaps a quarter of its size. But But it grew really fast. We don't know. Maybe they get like super big. Like, what the oh. hell? That thing was huge. What is this? What is happening? What? Where did Dr. Lord? What is going on? Says Dr. Wick. We can't just let her go. Like, like we gotta go get her. We gotta, we can't just leave her. Okay, but listen, there's like the thing that grabbed Laura and then there's one more at least. Uh, so we're gonna have to be really careful, I guess, about not getting snatched. There is something that sounds like, those of you who have been in the military, uh, you know the sound roughly. It's not quite right. But it's almost as like a missile, but a small personal missile sound. Maybe even a couple of them. Did it come from, where did that come from? Down below? And it comes from down below. There's more light, but it's difficult to really tell where it came from because the flashes were quick. Do any of the tunnels before us look like maybe they lead down? You're at the entrance to this hatch. You're on the surface of this layer of Trakai, which Ensign Crisp says is a an artificial structure. And you can look down into the hole. Of course, you know, something just reached up and took Dr. Laura, <laughs> even though she was just close to the hole. And you can see that there is a, in, in the feeble light, the feeble X-Files light of your flashlights, you can see that there is a tunnel that passes directly underneath you, parallel to your direction that you were traveling from the ship. Oh, so the the hole just doesn't go downwards into infinity? It's like right. looking down into it, a room? Okay. It drops down into a a passageway, a tunnel. All right. Um, are, are like miniature rocket, like miniature rockets or like personal carry rocket launchers like part of this universe? I don't remember. Sure. 
would I have any reason to think that Dr. Laura had some of those? Because my first thought is that, like, she's, you know, she's still trying to fight back. Um, I would say that given that you have an affinity toward the weapons and, and knowing what people are carrying, that Ray would have uh, noticed that Dr. Laura had a lot of things, but the pistol itself was the only real weapon that she had, other than whatever drug she might be carrying on her. And those didn't sound quite like the shoulder-mounted missile uh, launchers that you are familiar with. Okay. Now, while Bill might have some experience with more experimental weapons, perhaps, would you say that's the case? Wild I mean, he's probably seen some stuff, yeah. Is there any chance he has any insight as to what that was? There is a possibility, and I think in this case I will make you roll, because the knowledge may just not be there. What I'm trying to ascertain with this line of questioning is whether that noise could have come from Dr. Laura uh, continuing to fight back uh, and indicating to us that she's alive down there. I had to look up and see where my stress level was. How about... Uh, just roll me a straight-up wits roll. Wits. And I still show that I have a stress die. You had a lot, it's true. Mm -hmm. There was a bit of, I mean, there was all that downtime, but you, and you got rid of some of it, but you, yeah. you weren't able to get rid of all of it. Cause no. Because Bill had a lot of stressful things happen to him in the last couple of hours. Yeah. yeah no, he did. Like I said, according to what I had written down here, I still have a stress die left that I don't remember the circumstances, but I seem to remember that we weren't able to get that down to zero. From where he was. But anyway, here we go. Uh-oh. Yeah, well, looky there. I see one um, hit, but also one face hugger. Bum, yeah. Bum, uh. So, yeah, so you get to roll on the old stress table. God oh, look it. at that. It's a seven total. Wow. Man, this is just not Wild Bill's mission. Like, everything is stressing <laughs> him out here. Man. Man. So now I'm back up to two stress. <laughs> Nervous twitch, increase your stress, and the stressful friendly PCs. That means I take a stress. Thanks, oh, Bill. Oh, yeah. Everybody takes some stress. I <laughs> just stressed everybody out. <laughs> what does that look like? Because uh, here you're trying to remember, you know, if you've heard a weapon like this. So so what's your what's your thought process? What's well, your actions? How does this look? Um, well, do, do you want to give me what I do remember? And I will uh, see if I can't incorporate that. I did get a success. So. I would say that perhaps what's at least one of the things that may be triggering this is that you haven't, even with some of the uh, weird stuff that uh, you have encountered, you've never heard anything like that. Okay. So, yeah, you know, while Bill, like, we're kind of peering down into that tunnel, trying to, you know, you know investigate, uh, kind of discern what our best approach is going to be when we hear that noise. And, and Wild Bill, you know, kind of cocks his head to listen and, and thinks if it sounds familiar. And as he's thinking, he starts to get really nervous. You know, at first there's not really visible signs of that, but then uh, he kind of jumps back from the, the edge there and starts to pace around nervous. He's like, no, 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 that's, that's, no, no, that's not something, that, that wasn't, that's not a missile, it's not a hey, rocket. Bill. It kind of sounded like Bill. it, but it's not. It's Bill. just not. It's not Bill. human. Whatever it is, isn't human. Bill. It just wasn't, it wasn't us. Something Bill. else did that. Bill. What? 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 You're freaking the rest of us out, okay? Well, maybe we should be freaked out. We're on yeah. an alien planet of some sort with some sort of weird alien missiles being fired and somebody just 
hauled off Dr. Laura like it was, you know, she wasn't even there anymore. Just one minute, one second she's here, one second she's gone. Like, yeah, dude, dude, I grabbed him by the shoulders. Everything you said is correct, but you're not being helpful to us right now by pacing back and forth and freaking everybody out. Okay. I need you to take a deep breath in right now in front of my face and then breathe it back out. <sighs> okay. We're, okay. We, we got to go get her though. We got to go get her. Yeah, absolutely. The sooner the better. Feather is like, well, I, I, uh, uh, we got to get back to the ship. Yeah, sure, Feather, you can do that. But I'm going to go back down. Or back down. No, you can't go, can't go down. No, what, what are you talking about? We're not leaving somebody behind, man. They just killed Dr. Laura. We don't know she's dead. Something made a noise down there. She's fighting back, I think. We must investigate, says Dr. Wick. This is, this is another creature like the ones we encountered above. Um, surely, or some variation thereof, we must get a sample. Yeah, sure, Doc. We'll get a sample as soon as we, like, save our friend's life. Well, uh, of course, of course. Well, what do you propose? How do we get down there? How how uh, deep did the uh, hallway look? It looks like it's probably 25, 30 feet down there. Do we have any kind of uh, um, rope or... Don't we have, like, web webbing netting inside the uh, shuttle? You do. Would we have brought anything You can also like have cool grappling hook climbing gear things. All you have yeah. to do is say it. Yeah, we have cool grappling hook climbing gear things. I mean, we're Marines. We have that stuff, right? Also, this is a planetary exploration. I can't imagine that we don't have some kind of, you know, someone's fallen off a ledge, you know, rescue gear, like, on us. So That seems reasonable. Probably also, to me, seems most reasonable that Ray would have that kind of gear, since... Ray is the medic and all. Yeah, I'll um I'll find a spot. Actually, is there a spot to attach a rope at the at the lip of the hole? Uh yeah, there's all sorts of protrusions and things on the metal portion of okay. the uh, landscape. I will attach one, drop it down, give it a, you know, a good hefty couple of tugs with my body weight against it to make sure it's not going to fall, fall down. I want to say that these are those kind of uh zip line kind of things where you like latch it on, and then it's, like, attached to your belt, and then you just sort of, it uh, yeah. releases as you go, as you go down it. I like that. Yeah, you, uh, you, you, it's like it's built into our, uh, planetary suits or whatever they're called, uh. And then everybody else has to clip on, but they can, they can go mm-hmm. down, too. Yeah, we do that. All right. Give me, whichever one of you is going down first, so I guess that's probably Ray, give me an observation. Observation. Bum, bum, bum. Where is that? Oh, there it is. Okay. Uh, I got one six and zero facehuggers. Your light from your helmet, which primarily illuminates your face, if you recall. Mm-hmm. But it, oh, does yeah. have, <laughs> it does have some outward facing lights. And it shines down toward the... Right now, it shines down toward the way you're facing, which is uh, the tunnel portion, the passageway portion that heads back toward the shuttle. And so behind you, in the opposite direction of the shuttle, you just feel this fast, empty space, that there's this this feeling of space behind you. I mean, 25 feet down is a pretty long way. And this whole area, it's not like the hatch opens up and then there's, you know, 15 feet of bulkhead or something. It's a few feet thick, the metal Mm -hmm. portion is, and then the rest of it is open. 
except it's also wound about with synthetics that are almost biological. It's ribbed piping and it's sinuous cabling. And it's all in a kind of a grayish blue murk that is just barely picked out by your light as you descend into the darkness below. Does it look like actual organic material or does it look like, you know, some kind of uh, plastic or something that just resembles organic material? Yes. (laughs) Okay. Quite literally, it looks like it could be one or the other or both at the same time. All right. Somehow, if you could grow the inside of a building or a ship or um, a structure, whatever this thing is, whatever Chris thinks he saw on the scanners, if you could grow that, but grow it in metal and plastic, then this is what you would get. All right. And once you're in here, your helmet fogs up for a moment until the internal systems manage to clear it. But it's a few seconds where you can't see out of your helmet and you hear something ahead of you, something clatter, something move. But it's it's a ways ahead of you. Uh, it's in a distance. It's not close by. Okay. I think Ray would, um, if he can't see, he's going to hold very still and not pollute his hearing with his own noise. So I'm uh, freezing until my helmet clears. That leaves you about 10 feet from the floor. Oh, I'm still on the rope? Okay. Yeah, you're still on the rope. Okay. But then the helmet clears. And again, you can't see very well, but there's nothing rushing at you. There's Mm -hmm. no form coming at you out of the darkness. Okay. Ray, what's the most stressful situation Ray was ever in before Trakai? Well, probably when uh, when my dad didn't come home and we didn't know what had happened. And, um, you know, before they told us and, uh, he, he was a Marine and he had been killed in action, but there was a long time that we didn't know anything. And my mom kind of, she kind of lost it a little bit. And, uh, I was like 13, you know, and I ended up having to take care of her. And there was this one, you know, like she had been getting really bad and, uh, she started, uh, you know, she started using and, like she she kept saying she was going to get clean but she wouldn't but she um she eventually tried and she went through uh withdrawals on the couch and I stayed up all night with her and um and it was actually the night before we uh we got the news and so then you know that combined with you know having to be at the uh at the service the next day was was just you know trying to be there for my mom was uh, not something that I ever thought I would have to do. You know, when you're 13 and you think that you, you're going to be like so cool and on top of the world and stuff. Anyway, I've seen lots of weirder stuff after that. But like that was, you know, just emotionally, like having gone through that, I knew that I could handle a lot of crazy stuff. So it's not the feeling that you had when you found out. What you're feeling right now is that anticipation, that wait of not knowing, but it's almost the same. You are in something alien here, and something is out there coming. It is a type of knowledge, but with great physicality to it. You don't know what it is that's out there. You have indeed faced some weird stuff, 
but you were always able to face it. But here, in this strange darkness, in this complete and utter unknown, this thing that should not exist, whether this really is the planet or if it's just, you know, a ship or whatever, but it, this is not something that you have heard of. And there is a pressure out there of anticipation, of waiting. Your feet touch the floor of the hallway, and the others begin to descend until everyone is standing in the passageway, their lights shining around in all directions, even back up where the square of light high above seems very far away. And you realize that you're standing on the the hatch itself from up above. It's still covered in snow. Mm. And there are controls nearby on the wall and the floor, just large levers that look like they operate the hatch, probably, sending it up or down as needed. It's good to know. Wild Bill, you have yeah. put foot down on alien soil now. Even more alien than the alien soil you were just on. What are you doing? Uh, trying to remain calm, mostly, but uh, also... To in order to get through and maybe settle the nerves a little, fall back into the in the marine training. You know, now there's a mission. Now there's something to do. So Wild Bill is you know sweeping the perimeter visually. He's got his gun in position. Um, you know, using the light to to look around and try to organize. Uh, you know where everybody is and figure out what's the best way to move forward. To try to find Doctor Laura. Going to focus on that so he doesn't freak out anymore. Give me an observation roll. This time you get to use that in addition to your wits. Oh, well, I didn't get any facehuggers, but I also did not get any successes. You don't know where to look. Whatever took Dr. Laura did it from 25 feet up. How did they do that? Were they clinging to the ceiling? What was, what was going on there? What is the capabilities of something that could scramble up the wall across the the ceiling of this hallway to the hatchway and just take Dr. Laura with what, now that you replay it in your mind, the brief glimpse you got, seems like it was a tail? Like it just grabbed her with a tail? Could that be right? This serrated, segmented thing that whipped up out of the darkness? Almost as an afterthought. But which way to go? Back down this corridor? if that's what this vast space is, toward where the shuttle would be sitting above it, separated from this passageway by a very thin layer of metal. And this passageway, by the way, is wide, too. It was 25 feet down here, but it's probably 30 or 40 across. Or the other direction, into the other dark without the, without the comfort of the shuttle being right above. <laughs> Did anybody see, see which way? I heard a noise in in that direction. Okay, okay, let's let's move out that that yeah, let's move out that way. Uh is Feather with us? Does he have the uh motion sensor? Is Feather with you? Roll for Feather. <laughs> he didn't want to come down, but he probably could have been convinced to do so. I I think Ray, roll me a manipulation roll and see oh. let's find out if if Feather came with you or not. Manipulation. Because you made an argument there. Was Mm -hmm. it good enough? Wow, I got three sixes. It was good enough. (laughs) 
<laughs> Yo, with the power of our friendship, we're going to rescue Dr. Laura. It's going to be amazing. We'll use the power of friendship. <laughs> Activate Care Bear Stare. <laughs> I explode a rainbow from my tummy. I shouldn't say that I explode anything from my tummy in this game. <laughs> yeah, that's the wrong imagery here. Okay, so here's my theory. Care Bears are Xenomorphs. <laughs> <laughs> so you got two raises on that, and your manipulation stunts are target doesn't demand a return favor, target does more than asked for, target is impressed by you, will help later. I get two of those? Yep. He does more than I ask for, and he also is impressed by me and will help me later. <laughs> nice. But, of course, that leaves doesn't demand a favor, therefore implies that he will be looking for something from you in the future. So he was like, all right, I'll, I'll come down, but yeah. And then you get to see it in his eyes that uh, he's going to ask something from you uh, later on. I'm a medic. I, I, you know, I care for people, so. All right. So, yeah, Feather's down here. Um, Dr. Wick is definitely down here. He wasn't going to pass this up. Obviously. He doesn't have Dr. Laura's camera, but he does have a camera on his helmet, and he has it in its record state. So he is recording all of this as you are here. And actually, all of that is being beamed back up to the shuttle, presumably. But words from Crisp are coming through staticky. Our white team, um, Crisp, here, coffee. What, what was that? Anybody catch that? I think he was asking if we could hear him. The answer's got, no, Crisp. We can't hear you very well. Yeah, I, I got nothing. I got, I, I got nothing there. Coffee, is it looking Crisp out? I got nothing but so on on with the mission let's let's find dr laura and get out of here i guess that means crisp won't come riding into our rescue it doesn't matter says dr wick besides uh, they'll they'll have the rescue mission will be here soon so we should proceed on and find uh, dr laura yes that's what we should do we should find dr laura and samples Hey, Doc, sh shouldn't you see if there's any, like, goo or anything on these weird organic-looking pipes? See if you can take a sample of that? Yes, 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 of course. Um, you're probably wishing me to do a scientific thing called... <laughs> Taking a sample! While he does that, I'm gonna just lean aside to Wild Bill and be like, Hey, I, I, I have a feeling that this guy's not gonna prioritize Dr. Laura, and uh, we might need to... I don't know, kind of force the issue a little bit if he is, is you know, kind of dragging us behind. Yeah, well, I I mean, the way I see it is, like, right now we're on a mission to recover Dr. Laura, so I'm in charge. He'll just, he's just going to have to be yeah. okay with that. Yeah, yeah, that's right. You are in charge. Slap him on the shoulder. Yes, yes, yes. Good idea. That I, I am... Ah, my mind is not completely with me at the moment. I shall be... I shall do better. And he hurries over to the uh, wall, and by hurry, I mean, it takes him a little bit to get over there. It's a ways. <laughs> <laughs> and he examines it, and he runs his, his uh, uh, several devices over it, his tricorder. <laughs> his sonic screwdriver. His sonic screwdriver <laughs> and his tricorder. <laughs> and 
he comes back after a bit looking perplexed, and he goes, it seems to be uh, both organic and artificial. I'm, I'm not, it's silicon-based, not entirely certain, absolutely fascinating. All right, let's go down the hallway to rescue our colleague who may be in danger. All right, move out. Woo! There's that uh, awkward moment where Wild Bill realizes that he should probably go first. Uh, is it just us and Dr. Wick and, uh, Feather? Yes. Um, and Feather's a marine, right? Yes. Probably, uh, Bill and Feather are bracketing me and the doc. So you're going four abreast, then? You have plenty of room to do so if you wish to do it that way. Oh, I didn't think about that. Yeah, we don't have to be in, uh, single file marching order. <laughs> um, I don't know. I'm thinking that there's five of us. Let's do, like, three and two. There, there were five of you. Now there's four. We could do like a diamond formation with Bill in the front and me and the doc in the middle and then a uh, feather behind. Yeah, that makes sense. So you proceed, lights illuminating in their spears of, of, of brightness, the walls, the tangles of tentacles. You can't help but think, but they're not. It's tubing, it's conduits, it's, it's strange shapes glistening with moisture. Internal readouts on your suits indicate that the interior of this space is hot and humid, in fact. Without really realizing it, your suits have switched over from heaters to air conditioners. In places, it almost seems like a mossy substance is growing in the deeper recesses of the webwork of tentacle things on the walls. Well, whatever these things are, they have never heard of spring cleaning. Yeah, it really doesn't seem to be a priority. <laughs> you walk a few minutes in the direction you're going, and you stumble across a pistol. Quite obviously, Dr. Laura's pistol. Oh, no. Is there, like, any, is there like any, any blood or anything around? Or did she just drop it? There doesn't appear to be any blood here that you can see. Well, at least we know we're going the right direction. Yeah. But in roughly the same area, you do see that the floor is pocked in places. It's not been particularly smooth. There's a ridge running through the center of, of it at this point, which is almost like a half-buried tube. There are other extrusions from that that wind across the floor like exposed roots from a primary trunk of a tree. But there are places here where it looks like it's been melted. The floor has? Yes. Uh, could that be weapons fire? Bill, what do you think? I don't, I don't know. I don't, I don't, it doesn't look like anything I've seen like that, but I think we should just keep moving. Actually, Wild Bill, it does. Oh, oh I take that back. You say that, but then you realize... It does look like something you have seen before. It looks like the floor of your own shuttlecraft. Oh, dang, I didn't even think of that. That might mean it's injured. Yeah, when that thing bled in the shuttle, it, it made those holes in the floor. She wounded it. Yo, she's still... Okay, we gotta hurry it up, y'all. I just said y'all. Bill, you're rubbing off on me. Ray, give me an observation roll. Oh, goody. Observation. Two sixes. Zero facehuggers. So with your extra, you have a, an extra stunt. 
You can ask, oh, is yeah. it coming for me? Are there more of them close by? <laughs> or how do I get in, passed away? <laughs> uh, As applicable, of course. Uh, I kind of feel like how do I get in, passed away is the most relevant to... Although, I don't know. Are there any more of them close by is always a generally good thing to ask. Are there any dangers we haven't noticed? <laughs> that can be handy. Yeah, yeah, I'll ask that. I'll ask that. It's a big hallway. We don't need to, you know, suss out the mystery of how to walk down it. You see several of these splots of melted section now that you've stopped and are looking. And even a severed hand, but oh, not dang. a human hand, something inhuman, a, a long-fingered creature's hand, multi-jointed long and slender, tipped with claws, ripped off by some terrible force just above the wrist. And, Ray, you also see, see three red dots appear on Wild Bill's forehead. Oh, no! Wild Bill! And then a sound in the not-too-distant distance. Oh. Yep. Yep, that's... <laughs> On Wednesday station, no. <laughs> Axel and the LOLs, the little old ladies, have, <laughs> have rocketed into action. Axel has been going around to families that he knows, to the children that he knows, telling them to lay low for a while, for at least tonight, until he can figure things out. While Maisie is trying to escape the station altogether by sneaking down into the docks below the engineering section of the station and getting on board one of the ships that is hopefully docked there and about to leave soon. It wouldn't be the first ship that Maisie has um, not hitchhiked aboard, stowed away. Yeah, that's the one. And Jules... Well, Jules has made a discovery recently that the messages to the security teams isn't coming from the head of, uh, from the commander of Wednesday Station, Luther Wiscombe, but rather from Jacob Chaucer, the chief scientist of Wednesday Station. And what's your plan, Jules? Oh, well, I mean, I suppose it's just time to go. Pay him a visit and maybe find out what's going on. <laughs> Give him a couple of smart whacks with my handbag. <laughs> See if that straightens him out. <laughs> Sometimes you just gotta find out what's in the sauce, if you know what I mean. <laughs> so, Jules, you are a chef. At least that is one of your professions, hobbies, enterprises. But what is it that brought you to Wednesday Station? How did you wind up? here. So the camera kind of fades back and gets an ominous looking cut. And as it comes back in, you see Jules almost in a similar way that you've seen her before. She's wearing her kitchen smock. She has a stainless steel bowl and she's whisking away something at the bowl and she's humming along and you kind of pan around and you see that she's in what looks like a, a commercial kitchen of some sort. You know, it's got the large steel tables. There's uh, and obviously large appliances around. 
but it's most definitely empty. This is something that should be going on here, but right now uh, the, the place is empty and she seems to have it to herself. Uh, down on the side, she has a little book that she seems to be jotting down notes in. Uh, looks more like a, a, a basic recipe book. You know, she's working on a recipe here, trying to perfect it, just you know, make it just a, exactly perfect. But it's also very obvious that this is not Wednesday Station. This is somewhere else, and probably some time ago. As you kind of look around, and uh, she sets her bowl down and shuffles in a cabinet for a few more ingredients, you see on the side there is a door that leads out into a hallway, and you notice people walking up and down the hallway, and they're all wearing black suits, uh, very professional-looking suits, uh, a lot of sports jackets. It's a kind of a hub of activity, but it doesn't seem to fit this kitchen scene. As she spins back around and adds some things to her bowl and begins to whisk away, uh, the camera fo focuses back in on her, uh, and you hear sheer pause for just a minute with her whisking as she hears the footsteps coming closer. They're the kind of footsteps that you hear from fancy dress shoes clacking on a tile floor. She doesn't look at who approaches. But you can see by the look on her face, she's pretty certain she knows who this must be. And she just continues humming away and whisking until you see a gentleman come up next to her, right where her recipe book is, and kind of toss down a file on top of her recipe book. Clipped to the outside of the file is a picture, and the picture we would recognize because it's clearly a picture of Wednesday Station. At first, she kind of pushes the file aside like she's going back to her recipe book. And there's a moment there where the two of them that are in the room, Jules and whoever this man is, have that conversation that's silent. You know, they kind of stare at each other for a moment. Uh, and clearly, they know each other. Clearly, this is a conversation they've had before, so much so that they don't even need to say it. Finally, you see her take a, a, a deep breath and sigh, sets down her bowl in resignation, realizing she's just not going to get a chance to finish this recipe today after all. She opens up, the, opens up the file and looks inside and starts thumbing her way through. The man looks at her and says, This one looks like it's right up your alley. This is exactly what you said you're looking for. It's yours if you want it. She again sighs and spins around and flips the, the file closed, but picks it up, then slowly picks up her recipe book underneath, and it's, it's one of those books that has the uh, leather straps around it to kind of tie it closed. She ties that close, starts to walk towards the door, and then the last minute turns around and looks at the gentleman and says, Well, of course, this is the mission that I want. This is exactly what I've been looking for. I assume there's transportation straight away and a cover for me. I'll need new IDs. I can be ready in an hour. And he says, Of course. We go back to Wednesday Station. Jules, what is your next step? Well, she's definitely going to go... Um, see, uh, apparently, who's actually in charge. Do you have the means to locate the chief scientist? Um, I'm assuming she does. Um, she's going to look for a terminal somewhere where she can type in some codes. I would think that this one would involve your own personal terminal. We love looking for terminals. The way I see it is that it's one of the she has her own, but she'd still need to connect it to the station to be able to, to hunt this person down. You know, she has to kind of connect them and then use her her passcodes to be able to get the information that she wants. Uh, the way I was understanding this was that it is indeed your personal terminal that will allow you to do this. And as I look back over my notes... And here we see the GM 
Looking over his notes. I believe you left that terminal in the kitchen. Well, maybe I better go retrieve that before we uh, go on our little mission. Something she's probably going to find handy, so off to the kitchen. All right. How surreptitious are you going to be in going to your lair? I mean, sometimes the best way to be stealthy is to just act like everything's normal. What a coincidence. <laughs> I mean, Jules heading to the kitchen is not exactly a rare occurrence. It happens all the time. So she's just going to walk on down the hallway like she would any old time. Okay. Give me a mobility roll, plus any stress die you might have. Oh, that's pretty good. One success. Oh, goodness. I only had three die, and I got two successes. Uh, you are almost to the kitchen, Jules. When you see one of the station's security guards, one of those private security uh, fellows, um, headed toward you wearing his standard dark blue jumpsuit with the logo on the left breast. Well, nothing is wrong here, so why should I act like anything is wrong? Yeah, she just kind of keeps walking forward like, uh, you know, she doesn't... Don't hardly notice him. Ma'am. Ma'am. Oh, hello. What can I do for you today, fine sir? Miss Chilton. Miss. Stop where you are, please. Oh, oh good to steer me. Yeah, you're, you're going to need to come with me. Oh, why is that? Doesn't matter. You just need to come with me. Oh, but I think it does. Um, what, what was your name, young man? He um, glances down at uh, the name tag that's right above the uh, logo <laughs> on, his, on his breast pocket, which... Uh, Says, um, Jeremy's. Jeremy's. Pl plural Jeremy. Jeremy's. Oh, oh my goodness. How many of you are there? <laughs> Wait, did we have another Jeremy? <laughs> <laughs> no, you just said Jeremy's. Like there are multiple oh. Jeremy's. <laughs> yeah, Jeremy's. He's one name. of a set of quadruplets and named them it's all the Jeremy. <laughs> so if you're in space, his name's Jeremy's. <laughs> well, I... I believe there's been a little misunderstanding. Perhaps I can clear this up for you very quickly. And she kind of reaches down uh, in her little smock pocket and brings out something unexpected. Ma'am, uh, I, I need you to not move. What is it you're bringing out? Kind of looks like a passport. Hmm. Well, that is unexpected. <laughs> He's drawing paper. his taser. Oh, no, no, no. There's no need for that. This, please, please take a look at this. He... Keeps the taser in hand, but he reaches out and takes the passport-looking thing from you. Mm -hmm. He opens it and roll for me manipulation. Sure. Oh, it's a lot of dice and only one success, but it's still one success. He looks at it, and then he looks at you, and he frowns, and he looks back at it, and he takes a step back, and then he, like... With that still in one hand, he salutes you with the other hand. And he says, I, I, I'm so, I didn't realize, um, but um, I, I don't know. I'm very confused right now. Oh, I'm sure I'll clear it up so soon. I just need to grab a few things from the kitchen, young man. And then I'm going to go see the person in charge and try to clear all of this up. I, gu I, guess, I guess that's all right. Uh, Ma'am, what, what should I tell my superior officer? Oh, I don't believe there's a need to tell them anything. I'm sure I'll be along shortly, and and uh, they'll find out. It's all, it's all right, young man. <laughs> Go about your business. He awkwardly salutes again, and then turns to walk away, and then turns back and hands you the ID card in its folder, 
and then he salutes you again, and then he turns around <laughs> and walks oh, away. He's my new favorite NPC. <laughs> oh, oh, pish posh with the saluting. Oh, yes. No, there's no need for that. Nothing to be so. But good, good day, Jeremy's. How many of you are there? Ha 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 He says. <laughs> Stop. Stop by later this evening, maybe, and I'll see if I can't come up with some brownies for you. I, I was working on some earlier, but I'm afraid I'll have to start from scratch. Uh, yes, ma'am. And he salutes again. Oh, my God. <laughs> Meanwhile, in the depths of Wednesday Station, or really more toward the hub of Wednesday Station, Maisie has been gathering together the gear that she needs in order to become one of the... Uh, custodial staff, one of the people that no one sees as they go about their business so that she can make her way to the docks in the hub. Now, Maisie, as we noted in the, I believe, almost the very first episode of this arc, everybody knows Maisie. They see Maisie around everywhere. Maisie, Maisie's here. Maisie's there. Maisie's in the cafeteria. Maisie's saying hello. Maisie's... But Maisie isn't the only Maisie there is. <laughs> I'm like Jeremy's. There's like, like a Jeremy's. <laughs> There's more than one. <laughs> what are some of the other versions of Maisie that our all-seeing camera eye might have seen around Wednesday Station or even elsewhere before? Yeah, well, the most obvious one was, uh, you know, helpless little old lady Maisie. And she has a variety of those, I would say. Like her shawl is is uh, a different color on one side than it is on the other side, and um, she can do up her hair in different ways to look like s- slightly different little old ladies that are possibly more helpless than they actually are. She also makes her way around when she's when she's moving around, let's say less frequented, less lived in tunnels. Um, she walks with a quicker step and a straighter back, and I would even say she probably has some kind of generic uniform looking. Item of clothing, maybe a, uh, what do you call that? Like a single piece top and bottom. Jumpsuit. Like a jumpsuit that's, you know, kind of a dull color that, you know, somebody walking by would just be like, oh, that's some part of some kind of maintenance staff. And um, yeah, so she uses that in a variety of different ways to kind of make herself blend in. It is, in fact, actually the, uh, the, <laughs> an old outfit from a, uh, um, an ore refinery that she used to work at before it totally mysteriously was sabotaged totally mysteriously Mm -hmm. so now you are though taking on the guise of one of the custodial staff of wednesday station let's see how well you do i'm going to just go ahead and have you roll a manipulate someone well no actually hmm what would be best here you know for Maisie, i think it might be survival hmm okay survival Ooh, I got one success, but I also got a face hugger. Well, roll your stress. Okay, D6 plus stress. <laughs> it's a six plus one, so I also get a nervous twitch. <laughs> yeah, you're going to be getting a little bit of a nervous twitch here. There's nobody else around to stress out, so it's just yeah. you. You get one more stress level. So what is it? What is it that happens that is causing you to freak out, to be overly stressed here. There's just like an increasing number of of actual dock workers as I get closer to the, you know, kind of industrial docks of the station. 
it's probably a place that's quite busy with folks coming and going. And um, as I'm going along, I'm noticing that like nobody else is wearing what I've put on to kind of pretend to be a garbage person. And um, what the Twitch manifests in is a, a lack of eye contact. Maisie's just like darting her eyes this way and that. Anything but looking at another person. There's just so many. And yeah, you're right. They're, you, you aren't looking at them, but you think they're probably looking at you. And you're not going to make it, you don't think. Not without being discovered. And for them to discover you now would be to give up Maisie Maisie, perhaps, as well. But there is another route that you can take. You're not to the docks yet, and it's it's not a well-known route, but that means that it would be quieter. It's one that you know because you you know the station pretty well. You've meandered a lot of places, even down to the, you know, forbidden docks. But that route is going to take you through another forbidden place, but not particularly forbidden. I mean, it's just being fertilized, right? The main hydroponics and uh, park dome of Wednesday Station. Oh, that's right. It was closed off. But that means that there probably won't be that many people in there either. True, anyone that sees you may wonder why you're there, but chances are better that you're going to be able to slip through unnoticed. Yeah. That sounds like a great idea. I think that uh, Maisie will change direction, trying to look as casual as possible without speeding up or slowing down, and uh, head in the direction of the main dome. I'm going to keep my eye out also to see if there's any, you know those weed killing things that you wear like a backpack and you have like a wand that sprays it out? I'm going to look and see if there's anything like that uh, so that I can uh, change my disguise to that of somebody working in the aquaponic areas. Sure. As you get closer to the a main park dome, you know that there are uh, storage areas there. Uh, they do require access card uh, access cards to get into them, but uh, that's never stopped you before. Mm-hmm. Will it stop you now? <laughs> well, I will certainly try. Um, Comtech. Comtech. Oh, it's over there. Okay. <laughs> I got three successes, but I got another face hugger. <laughs> <laughs> well, hopefully you won't roll high enough that uh, you won't succeed in what you're doing. Uh, three plus two is five. No effect. You, how many successes did you get? Uh, three. Nice. All right. So you get two extra stunts there. Uh, plus one to a later related roll. Wow. Uh, you don't need to overcome this again. Half the usual time. New or unexpected information, hide your tracks, you show off. I'm tempted to say don't need to roll to overcome the exact same challenge in the future. New or unexpected information is like so interesting, though. I want to pick that. I get new or unexpected information. It doesn't even occur to Maisie to choose hide your tracks. (laughs) (laughs) It just so happens that you manage to palm a uh, security card off of uh, another custodial worker. Uh, perhaps one that you even knew, but uh, you have this. It doesn't work everywhere. It's the second of the four Jeremy's. <laughs> <laughs> but you swipe it across the uh, the reader on the door, and the door slides open. And inside is uh, some of the usual things, um, you know, all the, the things that you might need working in a 
a parkland that has even trees and hedge mazes, even and such. Oh, <laughs> it's good. a fairly a hedge ex- maze. <laughs> this is not a small dome that you're about to go into. Now, this is still on the approach, but um, but it is the largest of the green domes, as they're sometimes called. Mm-hmm. But you see one of those pesticide sprayer looking things and you go to pick it up. But when you pick it up, you realize it's not a pesticide sprayer. It's a flamethrower. Oh, that's acceptable. I'll pretend it's a pesticide sprayer. <laughs> it's a flamethrower exactly like the ones that you saw in Axel's memories. What? Someone is on this station right now using flamethrowers exactly like this one to fight aliens. Yes. Okay, I'm definitely going to grab this then, <laughs> because if it's useful, they wouldn't be using it. Or if it wasn't useful, they wouldn't be using it. So <laughs> so obviously, this is a good thing to have. And it looks like a pesticide sprayer, so it'll <laughs> complete my disguise. And I'm going to mark down that I have a flamethrower. As Maisie shoulders the flamethrower and it gets ready to enter the main dome, Jules, you have logged onto your computer, hooked up to the terminal access that is in your kitchen, and there are several pings um, showing on the map of Wednesday Station that comes up on your laptop, and one of them is the chief scientist, Dr. Jacob Chaucer, and it appears that uh, he's solidly located there. Do you wish to mark that and then head to him? Now that Jules has retrieved her comm unit, she's going to head uh, right over and find Mr. Chaucer and see if they can have a little chat. His ping is quite uh, well-labeled on your um, map of Wednesday Station. Do you wish to head that way? I absolutely do. You begin making your way... Making my way downtown. ...to the main hydroponics dome of the hub. Oh, wait. Uh (laughs) Uh-oh. Uh, great. That's good news. Maisie, you get to the airlock that uh, leads from the tunnels into the dome itself. There, as protection from both sides, one so that there's no invasive elements from the station itself, and the other so that if there's a breach in the dome, that uh, that won't affect the rest of the station. You step inside, you trigger the appropriate uh, controls, you're blasted with some decontaminant, the inner door opens, and you step out in a fog of residual decontaminant. The main and central dome of the hub is a massive affair, perhaps almost a quarter mile across. It's very large. and. It is filled with the parklands of Wednesday Station. Trees and flower gardens and even some small rivulet streams and a a koi pond here or there. Little bridges arc over the, uh, the water. There are trails and pathways throughout the whole thing, depending... From racks are a large number of hydroponic trays. At least that's what it usually is like in the main dome. 
of the hub of Wednesday Station. It's not usually a place of massively high humidity heat Uh with jungle-like forests that weren't there a month ago. Oh. Until you realize that it isn't jungle. It isn't the vines of a jungle that wrap from tree to tree to tree. (laughs) It is an organic, exuded material. Something like ribbed tentacles, almost. Or (laughs) some sort of slime-dripping vine that winds everywhere. And there never used to be, in the center of the park, a ziggurat. (laughs) There never used to be a ziggurat in the park. Of stone and wood. Back in the olden days (laughs) of a month ago. (laughs) A ziggurat crawling with alien life forms. Oh my god. Oh no. (laughs) Oh, Ariana, we're really in it now. (laughs) And on that note, we will bid adieu (laughs) to this episode. Oh my god, I'm going to die, you guys. Of the Gothic podcast. Oh, no. <laughs> You're going to die most assuredly. I'm, I'm going to die so quickly. Ew. I tried to warn that Maisie, but no, she wouldn't listen. I thought I was so cool with my flamethrower. <laughs> the Gothic podcast is a humor and horror actual play podcast produced by C. Patrick Nagel, starring C. Patrick Nagel. Sharon Gallery Lafournaise, Jesse Baldwin, and Richard Southerd. Season 3 of the Gothic Podcast uses rules from the Alien RPG, produced by Free League Publishing and Monster of the Week, written by Michael Sands and published by Evil Hat Productions. Theme music is by Zoe Hovland and original artwork by Jared George Art. If you enjoy the Gothic Podcast, please like, rate, and review us on iTunes. Visit our Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram feeds, and check out our Patreon page. Thanks. I shouldn't have this alcoholic beverage. I've only had one sip of it, and I'm already screwing up the narrative. I just had a little drink, and actually, I don't speak so good. I got a little drinky, drinky poo, and now everything that's supposed to go boom, boom doesn't. I don't even know what that means.